BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm the second one, Justin. I'm Pete. (laughs) The one with the hairy chest. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places. We are live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter slash X, Instagram. Not Facebook tonight because I messed up the times that this was scheduled for. Sorry to anybody who was trying to check us out on Facebook. But maybe you're listening later on Spotify or Stitcher or the app of your choice. Just a little note on that at the top of the show that I'm going to be saying a lot over the next couple of months. But Google Podcasts. If you're subscribed there, that is going away at the end of March. I know a bunch of people listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts. So subscribe literally anywhere else, or you can transfer your subscription over to YouTube Music for some reason. Uh, check it out there. I'll just transcribe the show live on Facebook on my updates. On my status. <laughs> oh, okay, guys? Oh, no, yeah. oh sweet. Threads goes to Instagram, goes to Facebook, right? Perfect. Wait, sorry, what did you just say, Alex? I want to make sure I get it right. And Pete, just wait a second before you talk. And then... Yeah, okay, we'll take it back to the beginning. We'll take it back to the beginning, just so you can make sure to write everything down. How do you um, type I don't... music? How do you type music, Alex? <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to waste too much time, because, of course, the other big thing we're going to be doing on the show, beyond our guests, is we're going to be bringing you live updates throughout the evening from the New Hampshire primaries. I have my two crack political experts from different sides of the spectrum, Justin and Pete. I'll let you guess which one is from which side of the spectrum. <laughs> uh, but, guys, just your rough take. Who do you think is going to win this primary, and what is New Hampshire? Um, I think uh, Lex Luthor is that a fair? Can we slide yeah. him in there? Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm voting President Psycho. That was teased in a recent issue of Wonder Woman, and fingers crossed it comes Ooh. to pass tonight. Pete, I love you? when comics covers pop. You you they are you are like Professor Psycho. You know what I mean? Oh. So I can see why you identify it you know, with. I really it. don't like that. <laughs> You don't oh, like no. that? I don't like You have a professorial. Yeah, you have like uh, a oh, okay. oh, thank you. villain superhead kind of thing going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, we have our first district was reporting with one vote for Krang. <laughs> from oh, Derek yeah, thank you, Derek, for voting for Krang. Uh, we'll stay tuned to this throughout the night. In the meantime, why don't we bring in our first guest? Because we have two amazing guests for you. He is the co-creator, a co-creator of Copycat, which is on yes. Zoop. Right now, Heath Amodio. Heath, hey, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. Thank Hello. you. Uh, thank you for coming on. So, Copycat, it's on Zoop right now. There are 10 days remaining. There's still time to pledge for the Zoop. I still don't know the exact term. Is it pledging a Zoop? Is it supporting a Zoop? Zooping? I don't know what zoop. the verb is. So you I, Zoop I, a Zoop. Yeah, you, you say Zoop, there it is. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, wow, dude. Not out loud, though. You don't actually say that to say that. 
this book is great. We got an advanced look at it, and I'm not going to spoil too much uh, or anything really other than what you have on the Zoo Project. But I love the basic idea here, as well as you and Colin Bunn and the rest of the team, how you execute on it. Uh, what What do you feel comfortable saying about the pitch for the book? Uh, I can give a little bit of background about yeah. you know how it came to us, and then um, where we kind of went with it. Uh, it's a collaboration with Todd Garner, who used to be the president of Sony and Disney. He's responsible for films like um, Tag with Jeremy Renner and uh, yeah. Sorcerer's Apprentice with Nicolas Cage. And he did the most recent Mortal Kombat. He's actually filming the second one now. Um, I had binged his podcast and really appreciated his take on producing films. And I reached out to him and asked if he had anything that he wanted to do in the comic book space um, because it's, it's the arena that we know. Obviously, Colin is one of the most prolific creators out there. And, you know, we definitely wanted to work with him. And he gave us a one sheet um, and let us just run with it, really. And wow. the basic premise is he wanted an everyday person who had this ability to um, kind of draw someone's pain or, or um like kind of diagnose what someone's illness or pain would be so obviously an er nurse made the most sense for for the job um so she can diagnose pe people by a simple touch but she's by the same token she's forced to take that pain or illness on herself as a result of that so i, I don't know uh, how much um you want to talk about I if i can jump in right there um the way that that is shown in the comic yeah. I was so it was so visceral and it really it made me feel a little of the pain, too. Um, <laughs> how did you come about? And it, I like that you take the time and space to really do that, which I feel like is, you know, every panel is a premium. Um, what brought you to that? Because it was one of my favorite parts of the issue. I mean, it, it was it came down to what would work the best visually. Right. And um, Elmer just conveying it like we wanted to show inside kind of there was um I don't, I'm not sure if it was like the guy, Richie Sherlock Holmes, but as a director, he usually shows like impact of certain hits when you zoom into the body and you start feeling it a little bit more than you would a normal fight scene. So yeah. we tried to do that through the art, try to convey where exactly it was affecting the patient and where it was going to affect her and her own body. And Elmer really just crushed it. Um, you know, he made it really uh, energetic um, I feel like that scene kind of leaps off the page. You really feel it. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. I was really happy when he sent back the pencils and we were like, yeah, like that looks, that's there exactly it, it. And then obviously the, um, you know, the yellow effect and the energy coursing through her body, it just came out. We couldn't have asked for it to come out any better than it did. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It looks amazing. Yeah. The The other thing that I, I think is kind of amazing about the concept or interesting to me about the concept, and I don't mean this necessarily derogatorily, but usually when you get a video game person on a project like this, it feels like this is a setup for a video game. This is how you're going to play through it. This doesn't feel like this. This definitely feels comic first. How much of that was a discussion behind the scenes? I mean, the the discussion from day one was always comic first. Yeah. We always wanted to tell a great story through comics. And it, it really came down to explaining to Todd that it may, we understand it may never become anything else, right? But Colin and I <laughs> love this medium so much that we wanted to be able to tell a great story here. And it's just a way to collaborate with people that we really enjoy their work, hmm. right? So um, the comic, first and foremost, was always the most important thing, The always the most important aspect. We just want to tell a great story there. And anything else that comes out of it is gravy. But, you know, no, that happens how often? Things get optioned every week, right? But you actually see yeah. things happen. They bat 200 on a good day, right? To go back to your sports reporting out. So, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. I like you uh, say that with almost a straight face. Yeah, <laughs> It's working. Yeah, thank you. But, uh, you know, and it was also really important to Todd that it be grounded, right? Like, she has this power, but it's not an MCU story. It's... It's closer to John Wick, Atomic Blonde. It, it, we wanted it to be an everyday person that has to, she's thrown into this extraordinary situation where this woman stumbles out of a building and dies in her arms. And she's kind of thrust into this mystery of who this woman is, 
why they kill her. She's now a loose string because she's a witness to this whole thing. And then through her powers, which she normally just uses in the hospital, she kind of leeches this other woman's powers, which is like a little bit of super strength, the ability to fight. And she's constantly, now she's hunted by all these people as she tries to unravel this mystery. And it all actually ties to her own powers and the death of her parents and everybody, everything kind of comes full circle, but like the mystery and having it grounded were most important to Todd and us. Um, Cause we, first and foremost, it's like what Jordan Peele says about horror, right? You want a great story first, then you add the genre elements into it. So, you know, whether she has powers or not, we wanted this story to make sense and we wanted the, the mystery to unravel naturally and organically. I think we really are really happy with how the story came across. Uh, yeah, I mean, this thing, not only does it jump off the page, but this thing moves. I love uh, the action of it, the kind of nonstop of it. It's it's a great feel uh, when you kind of open this comic and jump in. Um, what was your favorite part about working on this? What, what was your kind of like seeing it, this final kind of uh, printing? What was your favorite panel or favorite moment? Well, I mean, the best part of doing comics is getting the art, right? It's having that handed to you after you've written the script and seeing it come to life from it, from the artist. Um, you know, I, I loved writing action scenes. Colin gets to do it all the time. He's written X-Men. He's written, you know, Moon Knight. Um, I don't normally get to do that stuff. We did a little bit of it with the heathens, but so that was fun um, to really break that down by panel because it's, you know, it's, it's a visual format, but it's still on a page. So you want to you want to make sure that you're feeling it and it's you know it's um, it's leaping off and, and it's really kinetic and hitting you and uh, you know so that was a lot of fun to write. Um, there's a scene where she's attacked in her apartment by two people and all the back and forth and making sure that worked logistically like that was probably the most fun to write. And I like how the powers, those characters, their certain powers and and the backstory with her and her parents was, was probably secondary. Um, yes, I do awesome. want to get back to this in a second, but before I forget, every week on the show, we have a professional chef, uh, for real, named Brett Macris, Stray Bullet, <laughs> a.k.a. Stray Bullies, who, yeah, no, it sounds like He's legit, man. Yeah, he's legit. He's opening up a new restaurant in New Orleans very soon, which we're ooh, very ooh, excited ooh. about. But right. he takes a break from opening new restaurants in, that are world-renowned by curating or creating a cocktail for us here on the show. And this week he was inspired by Copycat. Uh, he created the Copycat, not a Negroni, which is kind of a Negroni, but it has dry vermouth instead of sweet vermouth. Yeah, It's That's very awesome. good. Uh, so I just wanted to bring it up uh, for you. So there you go. I'm sure Colin will, will take a screenshot of that and try it. He, he definitely loves his his um, specialty drinks. So excellent, yeah. Nice. We'll uh, we'll shoot you an email with it. Um, I did want to ask you about the partnership with Colin a little bit. It was interesting to to hear you talk about to kind of hit uh, down the same vein as the video game thing that you don't think TV first because the two of you you have a company, right? Mm -hmm. You have Hustle yeah. and Heart Films, and you have things that have been and are in development. So that has to be part of the process a little bit right like where does that come in then for you i mean to be completely honest the only reason we even started hustle and heart films was just because back in 2018 there were so many horror stories throughout the comic book industry of of creators having their stuff option losing the rights to it it, get, it getting lost in in legal battles for decades right so we wanted to give creators a more hands-on opportunity to be involved in the development of their properties rather than just optioning it and hope hoping something happens you get to be involved and you know go after tv showrunners and directors and stuff like that and through that we sold two shows right out of the gate in 2018 one to cw one to showtime the one to cw colin and i actually created oh, um, that's awesome and then we sold one the following year to amazon so while it is something that we enjoy, and, and obviously it's fun to work in that space. I mean, we've gotten to work with, with Method Man because of it. And right now, nice. we're, right now we're working on comic book projects with Katie Sackoff from Mandalorian and Kristen Krupp yeah. from Smallville wow. and Bobby Moynihan from Saturday Night Live. And it, nice. this is great. Like, if nothing else happens but great comics, we get to collaborate with these amazing people and, you know, 
they also put out a good book, right? Hopefully great book. And if it comes something else, then so be it. That's great. I mean, we're not going to say no, right? But <laughs> we, want to, we want to tell great stories through comics first. And that's been the very first conversation with everybody that we collaborate with. It has to be a great book because that means the most to us. We love this medium. Uh, I don't mean to correct you, by the way, but I believe the credit that Bobby Moynihan prefers is my level two improv class, because that's really <laughs> right at the start. But, you know, whatever you want to say, Saturday Night Live, that one of the two things. I'm, he, your choice, he, I guess. he acted out as he was pitching us his idea, and he mm -hmm. had Colin and I just rolling. We were yeah, dying yeah, laughing. Yeah. It's it's a great idea, great project. We're really looking forward to working on it with him. Um, but cool. That's just it's really more about working with with heroes, so to speak, or people we admire in that aspect. And, you know, it, and we get to do it in a medium we love. So, yeah. well, Bobby, I, th I feel like all those people you named have the interest and love of the different genre stuff. Like I know Bobby is obsessed with like Lost very specifically. Mm -hmm. To the point where it was like a problem when the, the show ended <laughs> for him. Um, so I feel like he goes hard in whatever uh, sci-fi or, or fantasy story. He's working oh, yeah, absolutely. And he would be writing the book that we're doing with him. We would just be, you know, helping him along with formatting and stuff. He's written comics for, I believe, Marvel. He did a, a no, mm -hmm. might have been DC. He did like a backstory, uh, yeah. back of the book type story. Um, Kristen and her writing partner would be writing their book, um, you know, and then Katie would be co-authoring with Colin on one of the projects that we're, that we're working on. So, you know, as far as the TV stuff, like it's gut wrenching and heartbreaking and so little actually moves forward that at least we get to really thoroughly enjoy ourselves in the comic book side of things. Right. And then, and then have our heart broken down the road if we end up you know, <laughs> almost like selling stuff, but it doesn't actually go, which is mind boggling, but you know, it, Sorry, I'm actually feeling your pain uh, by touching what you're saying. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm copycatting you. Just here. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, let's <laughs> just to get back to the Zoop campaign for a second. So as we mentioned, it's still ongoing as of this taping for another 10 days. There are a bunch of different things that you can get, including the book, of course, but you can also get personalized levels. Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, that's just that's just something I wanted to put out there as a fan, right? Like, obviously, I love original art. I love commissions. Um, so we wanted to offer the opportunity for people that support the campaign to have a it's pro story. It's not going to be comic book pages, but, you know, a pro story based on you set in the copycat universe. You get a power. Right. And then you can even go further and have a artist do an original commission of your character. Um, you know, and they're all amazing artists that I've gotten commissions from over the years. Uh, and I, I thought as a fan, it'd be something that people might gravitate towards because who doesn't want to see who are comic book lovers yourself as a character with a power, you know, and especially conveyed through an actual commission where you get to frame that and throw it in all your friends' faces when they come over and they're like, <laughs> that's me in that universe. You know what I mean? So just as a fan myself, because I'm I'm in my 40s, but I still get down on the floor and look through the dollar bins for six hours. You know what I mean? Trying to nice. find things. I need to finish runs. You know Respect. what I mean? Respect. I just need six issues for Daredevil uh, Series 1. That's it. And, of course, wow. we're, we're wow. on the first 10, of course. Um, but I know Colin's going for his second time through of X-Men having that whole collection. But um, Dang. Like, when I say I love the medium, I mean it. You know what I mean? So, um yeah if i i felt like fans would like the opportunity to be included yeah that's so cool and before we let you go the whole book is done at this point right like if you're pledging the zoop you're 100 definitely going to get it no matter what yeah yeah the, we just need a little bit of coloring in the back of the book but that's it everything else is absolutely done awesome great uh, before we let that's you great. go anything else you want to plug heath anything else people should check out uh colin and i have long haul coming out in the end of february march from storm king comics um nice. we're really excited about that one i don't know if you've seen anything about it but uh i had seen a documentary about long-haul serial killers and they start wow. out with listing these facts where at any given time there are 700 missing or murdered victims and around 300 active serial killers across the united states highways so we were like well that's a perfect idea for a story a perfect setting so that's an alarming statistic. Yeah, and thanks for yeah, uh, I won't sleep again. Yeah. Thank you. 
never break down the side of a highway. So, you know, oh, that's where I would usually break down. That's where I plan on breaking down. That's, well, that's plan plan accordingly now. Villages and small towns, no no highways. Uh, what about the small town killers? Are there a ton of those too? Well, <laughs> those aren't included in the three hundred. So okay. that's a whole different <laughs> that's a whole different stat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but basically, these two blue collar brothers. Their sister goes missing, and these guys with nothing to lose start going through this group of serial killers known as the Nine, and it's brutal, and it's there's a lot of horror aspect to it. It's it's we wanted to pay homage to Steven Spielberg's Duel and King's oh, Maximum wow. Overdrive and Convoy and all those great '80s oh, yeah. trucker movies, while yeah. also telling a really cool like what could be a true crime story because the serial killers are actually based on a group of trucker serial killers that would hand victims off between one another that actually exists uh correct me wrong storm king that's john carpenter's imprint right what's it like have you been working with him is he hands-on at all or is he uh it's it's a lot more dealing with sandy his wife but you know they're amazing they're one of the best publishers that i've worked with Uh, i absolutely enjoyed the process and hopefully we can do a lot more with them um it, it was great every every aspect of it was great that's so cool cool Heath, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, really appreciate it. Good right, luck can't wait with to the check zoop. it out. I hope you zoop it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go zooping right now. Actually, so thank All you. Right. Thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Yeah, yeah really have a great night, Heath. You Bye. too. All right. Once again, the book is called Copycat. It's on Zoop right now yeah. for the next ten days, as out. I mentioned. At least it's as an amazing doing. issue. So so good. I know we didn't. We got to check out, I think, the whole thing and really, really enjoyed it. Great concept, yeah, like yeah. we said. Great, so art, well great execution. Very, yeah. very fun. Let's talk. I'll tell you what. Let's talk about another comic that also has amazing art and also has an amazing execution. The book, which we've been really enjoying when we've been talking about it on our Stack podcast, is Bloodrick. And we have the creator right yeah. here, Andrew Kronke. Andrew, welcome. Hey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, so excited to have you here. We have, as I said in my intro, uh, loving Bloodrick. So much fun. This is two issues in now on Image. The third issue is coming out (laughs) February 7th, I believe, if that's correct. And that's the final issue. But this thing, uh, as far as I understand, has been a labor of love for you for a while. Uh, where, Where did this idea start and why... Was it so important for you to get this idea out there? Um, that's a good question. I, it started a long time ago. It's just a character that I had sketched and wanted to do something with. Um, and the inspiration was just I was really into Viking metal. <laughs> that, I'll tell you what, I can almost hear it when I read the book. Yeah. I hear a vague, distant Viking. That's awesome to hear because that's what I was hoping. I mean, even the way I tried to kind of write the narration stuff like that i tried to make it sort of rhythmic like uh, lyrics or something like that um and just listening to enough of that kind of stuff i just wanted to draw something visually that would fit that i guess and of course a big barbarian dude came out and uh i just always liked the way it looked i mean the first time i sketched him he looked basically how he is in the comic so i didn't really change anything um you exactly uh even though it's you know it's been a character I've had designed for 10, 11 years. Um, yeah, again, I never really changed anything about him or the concept of what he would be, just kind of a simple character. Um, and, you know, when I sat down to kind of finally do my own book or try to put, make my own book, uh, the simplest idea was the best one to start with. And Bloodrick, you know, if you've read both issues, you know, the story isn't super heavy. Um, I'm definitely, <laughs> like I say in the one intro, I'm, I'm an artist first and a writer a very distant second, but uh, yeah, I just figured it was a good one to start with and something I could kind of wrap my head completely around uh, without too much trouble. So, uh, so first off, this is so badass, man. Congratulations. When we read this, Thanks. it's such a great thing to have in our stack and the energy of it kind of jumps off the page. It's a real kind of invigorating, fun comic. Where did your love of kind of like badass revenge kind of stuff, did, did it start with like Conan movies or like wh- where where did this kind of love of uh, uh, this kind of form come from? Um, 
Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know if I should say this, but I've never actually seen a Conan movie all the way through. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I mean, you get it. You get the point. He's a yeah. <laughs> what is best in life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You get it. exactly. Like, I mean, just a, a big, slightly dumb, angry character that reacts violently to any inconvenience or any anything that doesn't go exactly his way. Um, you get I'm it. To say that's that the, his, that's that, what Pete is for us too. <laughs> Pete and I have something in common because I'm, I've punched my fair share of walls. That's all I'm going to say. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. not, it's not a good thing, but it's something that's familiar to me, I guess. And so, <laughs> like, I mean, it's he's an easy character to write or kind of like figure out how he would react to things because I just mm-hmm. think like, what's the most, you know, babyish but also violent <laughs> response I could have to something, and that's pretty close to what Budrick would do. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's just something that's it comes natural. It comes easy to me. One of the work. things that's so striking about the book to me is, and just to be clear about the story for anybody who's curious, it's a series of tales that people are telling about Bloodrick that mostly concern him wandering through a snowy wasteland trying to find food. That's that's pretty much the idea there. But because of that setting, and we're looking at a page here on the live show, if you're listening to the audio later, it's him wandering through the snow, but the colors are so interesting. It, you yeah, do have a yeah. whitewash on some pages, but then here there's a bit of sort of a pink-ish tinge to things. There's the sun in the background. What led to this color approach as well as the overall just look and setting of the book? Um, the colors was something I, I really struggled with because I'm not I'm not the strongest color I don't th- colorist I don't think. Um, so it, it was something that I worked over a lot more than even just doing the line work, um, trying mm-hmm. to figure out exactly I don't know, how to make it get a color scheme that fit the book but wasn't mm-hmm. boring. I'm a, I'm a big fan of. You know, older style colors, flat colors, you know, the more computer, computerish color looks, I tend to not like it. Um, so keeping it fairly simple, but then just trying to make interesting choices uh, that would fit, you know, the mood of whatever the scene was and stuff like that uh, was kind of what I was going for. And it was, it took a lot of thinking. It's, it, I still think of the color is very simple, but it, it it's again, something I'm not, I don't have the great instincts for so it takes me a little bit of time to it's it's a, it's a vibe it's a real vibe like what, what i love about it is like you said there's like a simpleness to it you get what's happening but also like the feel of it the kind of look of it like it really is this kind of warm but uh you know you you know what, what you're getting and then you're pleasantly surprised when you kind of get into it well, and like, what I was going to say is it feels like a fairy tale. It feels like like a dusty book you're pulling down, but without all the arch, it's just like, no, Bloodrick hungry and Bloodrick cold, <laughs> uh, but Bloodrick fight. Yeah. So like uh, that, that's great. And that the, the viscera of it, I think is awesome, especially the timing of this when it's like, at least where I live in New York, it's very cold. Yep. And reading this alongside the temperature dropping, I'm like, Bloodrick fucked. that's that's awesome that uh yeah i was kind of hoping it would come out over like colder winter months yeah uh in new york as well and uh yeah i just figured it would fit the the book when image was kind of figuring out when to schedule it and stuff like that i was hoping they weren't going to say like well let's put it out in the summer just because i (laughs) i don't know i feel like it should come out when it's cold Yeah. yeah totally it's a read it by the fire kind of book we have a question here from youtube this is from derek you bring an indie feel to fantasy work who are your artistic influences well that's a good question a lot of people um <laughs> trying to think of all the artists i've tried to imitate over the years like you know like when you're growing up oh, yeah. uh, a lot of illustrate you know you, you try to copy people's styles and that's kind of how you learn different things and i've done that with you know half a dozen different artists and stuff like that um I mean, for he says he bring I bring an indie feel to fantasy work, so I probably shouldn't say this, but one of the big influences uh, when I was drawing Bloodwork and stuff was like '90s image extreme stuff, like Prophet with Stephen Platt, and yeah, I do love some Rob Liefeld comics, so that was part of it. Um, <laughs> I love I love the way you say that. It's just because it's a, you know he's a hot button guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. But uh, I mean, I love all that stuff. Big dudes with stupid muscles for no reason. Um, <laughs> 
I mean, I, I read a little bit of everything. I mean, I went to the Kubert school, so I love Joe Kubert stuff. I love, oh, and, nice. you know, Mignola does a great job doing, you know, one character and kind of, you know, short stories. And stuff. So I, you know, there's just a bunch of different guys that do that kind of stuff or do, you know, their own creator, own writer, artist stuff too, that I was thinking about. Um, you know, I was thinking about like Sergio Aragonis with Gru. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Kai Usagi Jimbo, where like the style yes. might not be the exact same in terms of the artwork, Sorry, but like, you know, you're a guy and you created a character and you just keep writing stories with that character. That's kind of what, I don't know, picture blood or kind of hopefully being at some point, you know? Yeah. Well, it's nice. funny that you say Gru because I think that's so, I hadn't thought that before, but, and then Derek in the comments said, refs, uh, Barry Windsor Smith. It's like oh. Gru meets Barry Windsor Smith in a fun way, I feel like. That's, and it's back to the color, like the main color I was looking at when I was doing Blood Rick was I had the Barry Windsor Smith Weapon X trade sitting next to me. Because yeah. that's, I think, like pinnacle great coloring done by the guy that drew. I mean, it's just like, if you could ape that style, why wouldn't you? You know, it's like, it's perfect mm-hmm. in my opinion. So that, I love Barry Windsor Smith stuff. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I mean, this could uh, maybe this already answers this question then, but one of the things that I've been sh- trying to figure out while I've been reading the book is I think it's very easy to be like, oh, this is Conan and you didn't get to do a Conan book, so you moved on, but it's it's different. It doesn't yeah. exactly feel like that. What What is that difference there in your mind between Conan, who is a large barbarian who kills things and travels the land, and Bloodrick? <laughs> Um, I definitely think there is, like I say, I haven't seen a Conan movie and I can, I I can feel this one if you want. (laughs) Yeah. That was a question for Pete actually. Yeah. Well, you see Conan is a kind of a, more of a, I have a quest. I have a mission. He's driven. Bloodrick's kind of more human. He lets us in a little bit and he's kind of like, I'm hungry, man. Like I'm just out here trying to eat. You know, and, you know, like, if somebody's going to get my way, I'm probably going to murder them. But, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. You know, so, like, he lets us in a little bit more than Conan does. You know, Conan keeps us at a distance, you know, and uh, I feel like uh, nice. Bloodwork's a little bit more human version of that. You know, he doesn't mind telling us how, uh, how he feels about how stuff, really even feel. if it's not, like, you know, long or complicated. I think that's a great answer. And that's better than I can answer. Because that's exactly what I would say is it- Tried to make a more like ground level. Um, I'll be honest. Anytime any fantasy story gets into like kings and soldiers and horses, I kind of fall asleep. I don't care. I don't want to hear about. It. <laughs> that's really funny. So like nobody cares. I mean, I, I don't want to see another castle and I don't know people talking in a dusty. Old I, what about I, the loot train though, where they're bringing the gold <laughs> from uh, the southern area back toward Castle Rock? Uh, no, Castle I, Rock. I honestly I agree with you. This is not yeah. to slag off Coded too much, but that's one of the things that like there's a lot of good Coded stories, but we get Great the same course. thing yeah. all the time. Where again, it's like. Conan, he's just wandering around. Oh, what's this city here? Oh, no, now I got to kill everybody. Oh, geez. And this, to Pete's point, is just much more... He's just basic needs. He just wants to eat. He wants to get to the next place. He's just living meal to meal. That's all he's got. And uh, that gets me to sort of the other part of it that I think is really interesting about this book is the framing device of people telling tales of Bloodrick. Where did that come from in particular? What led to that? Um, well, in the initial story, like the main story, the, uh, through the issues, I knew I wanted to have obviously a narrator tell the story because I wasn't going to have a lot of dialogue, Bloodrick's by himself. You know, he wasn't going to be talking to anybody or saying anything. And, and, uh, I'm a firm proponent that you need to have words on the page to kind of keep people's attention. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been done. There have been silent comics and there have been some really well done ones, but it's, not something I wanted to try my first go around. Um, yeah. But uh, so I, just, I wanted to have also the framing device of the, the main story being a, a sword maker and kind of how, you know, a person is formed over a lifetime. A sword is formed through violence and fire. You know, there, there was some uh, I don't know, echoing of the main theme of the, the story with the narrator. Um, and then it's just a good way to add visual interest and another character to a story about a guy that kind of, is in the woods by himself, which could end up being yeah. kind of visually boring and not super interesting. So 
I wanted to have the narration and we can add, you know, interesting new character each story. That doesn't really have to do anything, but it's just kind of, I don't know, another fun thing to come up with. I get to design another character. And, and I love those panels that sort of get us in, the ones that we just showed, like with the, the sword makers, really... Really nice. Like that's a great poster. Just the one with the metal <laughs> pouring out of the cup in the beginning. Yeah. So, so dope. Uh, given so, you have one more issue, which is the last issue. What can we expect from that? And why? Given the relatively open-ended nature of what Bledrick is doing, why wrap it up at three issues? Uh, <laughs> initially, time? I just started... what's that? Time. Time. The amount time. of time you have of the day. I wrote as much of a story as I could and it was only so long. And so <laughs> um, <laughs> it honestly could have been probably a, a one shot if I uh, hadn't done the backup stories and, and kind of fleshed out the, the main story a little bit more. Um, Cause I initially was just going to do it as an ash can just to get something oh, wow. done. Um, you know, I had the kind of a rough idea for a story sitting around for a long time and I wasn't just doing anything with the character. And I was getting kind of frustrated and I had a hard time. I'm, Self-discipline and getting things um, done is something that I, I myself and probably a lot of artists struggle with. Um, it's a plague on uh, most all creative pursuits, I would it's, argue. <laughs> it's rough, and it can be very yeah. hard when you've, you know, my main day job is drawing as well. So when you've drawn all day to sit down oh, and draw wow, again, yeah. and something else can be hard. Um, yeah. And then one February, I just threw my name in for a the lottery for a table at small press expo. Um, and I got selected. So I was going to have a table that coming September and I knew I was going to have to have stuff to sell. And so that's when I started really busting my butt and trying to get things done. But the story wasn't super fleshed out uh, to answer your question. Um, so I was just kind of trying to, I was just going to do two ash cans. Um, and then if I did anything with it beyond that, great. But that was the plan. Uh, and so that's why the story is only, it's not super long. Uh, this tale. I, this one, yeah. Do you think there is more Bloodrick? Is there more Bloodrick in you? Certainly he's going to get hungry It's a weird way of saying that. That's what I, I'm hungry tomorrow, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I do have, that's actually what I'm working on this week is yes. gathering all the notes I have for Bloodrick 2 or whatever the heck I'm going to call it. Uh, mm -hmm. Bloodrick does brunch, maybe? What's, what's yeah. That? Bloodrick does brunch? <laughs> no. Bloodrick at a buffet? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, they'll, they'll, if I can pull it off, there will be more Bloodrick. And it'll probably awesome. be more uh, well planned out so I don't have to split a single story into three issues and do backups and do all the different stuff and no, and it, it's working. I, I, I love I it as a package. Is great. Yeah, yeah, the backups are so fun. Um, so I was, I, I, hey, I, I, don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> I, I knew the story was very light, and that's why, like, I'm like, I can't just do the main story split across three issues. It's going to feel like nothing. So that was kind of the impetus to do all the the three backups in each issue. So hopefully, I'm giving people enough bang for their buck. I think so. I think so too. I we've disagree. Enjoyed it. We've enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I also think so. I, I also think so. <laughs> no, I uh, legitimately one of the things that I've been enjoying with it is how spare the issues are. The idea that like this issue he fights a bear and that's it. Uh, but it's just like it's a really good action sequence that's really well drawn. So I'm really enjoying it. So there you go. So looking forward to more. Looking forward to the third issue. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleasure. Yeah. Can't wait to see Bloodrick so 2, Bloodrick's Revenge. We'll see what happens. Yeah, thanks for Bloodrick. <laughs> My yeah. pleasure. Thank you for, for giving it a chance and uh, picking it up, and I really appreciate uh, being on as well. This is awesome. You bet. Absolutely. Come back when you have the more. We'll, we yeah, love it. Deal. Absolutely. I'll get thanks, drawn. Andrew. <laughs> All right, there we go. Once again, the book is called Bloodrick. The first two issues are out now from Image Comics. The third issue is coming out February 7th. Can't wait. Presumably later this year, Bloodrick 2, Bloodrick Takes Miami. So that's All right. pretty good. Bloodrick 2, Bloodrick Takes Manhattan? Uh, takes Manhattan. I think that's what I was actually thinking of. <laughs> Muppets Take Miami? Or Mission Miami? Is that what yeah. I'm thinking of? Is wow. that a police academy? Yeah, uh, uh, sure. Citizen Bloodrick on patrol? Yeah, Bloodrick on patrol. <laughs> I'd read it. I would read it. Absolutely. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We are going to move to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. (laughs) And if you've got questions, all you got to do is drop them in the comments over on YouTube or Twitch, or I can check them on Instagram, I guess. X Twitter does it as well. Not Facebook, because again, I screwed that up. And I'm just okay. I'm typing every word we're saying right into the status update. I've been hearing Oh, it's really hard, but my fingers are moving like crazy underneath here. While we're waiting for the questions to come in, I am still having a lovely time drinking this copycat, not a Negroni. Uh, it's very delicious. I don't usually. I really enjoyed it. Drive vermouth, but great stuff. Uh, a friend of mine was just—I almost uh, was saying it was a copycat of this, but it was actually a like a Boulevardier, a rye, rye Campari and rye vermouth as a. Uh, I definitely know what you guys are talking about. And here, do you know this, Pete? Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, the only only beer that's an award. Come on. Land Shark, you're drinking your Land Shark still. Knock, knock. Who's there? Land Shark. I love Pete. The Land Sharks make me feel like you are on Mission Mission Miami Beach or whatever Alex is saying. Yes. Schreckler, our film historian, historian has uh, specified the Police Academy 5 was assignment Miami Beach. I think I was mixing it up with, I believe it's Police Academy 4 is Mission to Moscow. So I apologize wow. to all the Hightower and other fans out there. Imagine being in the writer's room when they were coming. Room, what am I saying? In the writer's, <laughs> uh, like, Coke lounge when they were coming up with the, the Police Academy sequels. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Oh, apparently Mission to Moscow was the seventh. I'm yeah. sorry. I was going to say, you're going to go to Moscow before you go to Miami Beach? You've done this wrong. I don't know. It was the 80s. Things were weird. We got at least one question here. We'll see if more come in. This is from Nat Towson. Who are some of your favorite comic book barbarians? Bludrick, of course, goes without saying. Bludrick shouts. Headlopper. Good call. Good call. Good call. I mean, Conan has really, uh, Conan has really caught on, I feel like, in the last few years. There have been some good Conan stories, I feel like. Yeah, Jason Aaron did a good run on Conan. Yeah. Uh, Schreckler still dropping Police Academy knowledge in. It is not a patrol. That's the one I referenced. Yes. Yeah, there it goes. Yes. Edward Doherty has a little bit of a challenge for us, a classic Kevin style challenge. Considering the 30 year plus gap between Merrick Mellon. Silver Age issue six and seven, and the new Battle Chasers issue. Can you remember other extended periods of time between mm. specific issues? Hmm. Great, great question. There was uh, that break uh, in between Saga issues. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was an intended like one year break. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Still break. break though. Still counts. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like a multi-year gap between stuff. I feel like Grendel had those built in oh, a lot. Yeah. Uh, Matt Wagner series. I uh, love Grendel. There were some uh, some breaks with some Bone series, especially the spinoff mm-hmm. series stuff, I think. There's a break between Starman uh, 80 and Starman 81, which was a uh, event-based add-on. Wasn't there... There was some Marvel book, maybe it was an Ultimate book, that was running crazy late for the finale. I remember, this is a vague memory with no details, but I feel like it was like the last issue of the Ultimates or something like that came out several years too late. Uh, That's hitting something in me, or was was it something Hickman was like super delayed? Maybe it was something Hickman or maybe it was something Hitch. I don't know. This is yeah. not helpful to anybody, but I vaguely it, remember it's something out there. like that. It's fun yeah. to be here while you guys are thinking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thinking and drinking. That's what yeah. we're all about here. Prime Music says, now that we have seen Transformers crossover with G.I. Joe, any wish list crossover comics? Hmm. Uh, great. I mean, 
that let's just say let's just call it out like transformers and gi joe is a long shot crossover so i feel like the spirit of the is question it? is like it's great yeah. though. it's great crossover is it until this happened until this happened like were you was like always a thing did i uh, no because they were Mandela both like, that or something i thought they already they, crossed over all the time i don't know about all the time but they have crossed over a couple times it's not a. I, I don't think so. I I have been very. The Energon universe feels like very surprising. To me, it to feels like the first time. Uh, um, I don't know. Favors. I feel like we've seen so many crossover comics at this yeah. point. I don't even. I don't even know what to ask. About. I mean, they already did Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, what more? Yeah, they do you did need? that, or they, they did like Stranger Things, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Both of those were good. Uh, the Power Rangers, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, was a delightful blast. So, like, well, there's no doubt that the turtles will cross over with fucking anybody. They'll <laughs> cross over anywhere, and there are certain what's cross- popular turtles. The turtles are there. The turtles crossed over with um, Kelly Ripa's show uh, recently. Oh yeah, really live with Kelly and Mark and Raphael. I remember that yeah. episode. Really great crossover. Yeah. Where they were auditioning a lot of hosts. They weren't sure if the Mark. Yeah. Thing was gonna so work. you're <laughs> telling me you're telling me you have an internal penis? Let's talk more about that. <laughs> great question, Mister Consuelos. Uh, the you're a, a news person now. The what I was going to say is like one to reference here is back in the day, the amalgam universe, Marvel and DC crossovers were something that we got a little bit. It was something there were little bits and pieces every now and again. That is never going to happen again. I feel like Hmm. that is a much I feel uh, like, yeah, we don't get many as many crossovers maybe as we used to. I don't know. In that capacity, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It'll happen at some point. You really think so? I feel like that's the way that like keeping your peas and carrots separate Mm -hmm. from an IP perspective. I feel like they're so. I'm talking way down the road. I don't think it would happen anytime soon with the Disney and WB of it all. But eh, on a long enough timeline, anything will happen. So yeah, we can be doodling in our future uh, post-apocalyptic caves, whatever we want. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, all right, we got a classic Schoikler Stumpler here. That's what I call them. What are some of your favorite one-off characters and ongoing titles? One-off characters. I mean, um, I don't know. Citizen what? who gets hit by asteroid. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure what this means, to be honest. Because once they're in an ongoing title, uh, waiter number two is my favorite. Well, uh-huh. I mean, I do think you know what it is. It's like characters that are original characters that sort of hit and one that um they are then repeated but like onomatopoeia the green arrow villain i feel like fits Ooh. this bill a little bit like a vill a, a short arc villain that pops for whatever reason mm-hmm. so like stilt man or uh, your no, boy well, uh penance penance uh i don't know you could say that penance is your favorite but that's um that's a crazy statement no one's favorite is penance i I will mention we have a couple of suggestions for crossovers here Uh, we got he-man thundercats my little pony care bears voltron and the power rangers Casper Ghostbusters. That seems like a what disaster they, waiting. That could be really yeah, that, yeah. I Poor feel like Casper's everyone's not gonna make it out of that alive. I feel yeah. like all these comments are people smashing their 80s lunchboxes together. Yeah. There's just truly cartoons. Voltron Robotech, Ninja Turtle, Sherlock Holmes. What about like if we're going public domain, Sherlock Holmes versus Steamboat Willie? That would be pretty sweet. Wow, that's that's versus? Who's committing Steamboat the murder was, there? Was, <laughs> Steamboat <laughs> Willie kills. It's a, a classic rival. they fight and then team up, you know. Uh, how about Incredibles, Incredibles, and Fantastic Four? If we're talking about just kind of doing those like young cartoon uh, mashups, I'd love to see uh, Mask and um... Starcom. There we go. Uh, is that what you were thinking? No, but that's oh. great. Oh, 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 Sherlock really Holmes thought... Watchmen, which I believe is called League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Hey, it's called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Wow. <laughs> that would be great. What a, what a what a treat for Euro to meet the Ninja Turtles and have them go to to meet or eat the Ninja Turtles. I I don't Ooh. know. That would be a hilarious <laughs> mix up, right? Like he invites them over to eat them, and they're like, "I can't wait to meet him." And then, oops, oh, that's a funny just a typo on the invite. TMNT Cold Comfort Farm. These are getting better and better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, let's see. Uh, last but not least, Nelson Kelso says, "Have you guys seen the hey, new trailer?" Nelson for- Kelso. Have you guys seen the new trailer for the live-action Avatar: Last Airbender on Netflix? Excited for it. Looking forward to good to me so far. I guess looking good to me so far is what he means. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I have you seen the they, new trailer that was released today? I've not. No, but I am looking forward to. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I'm cautiously anticipating it. I guess what is what I'd say. I still don't see a reason for it. You know. What 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 are you talking about? What a reason? What reason is there? Avatar: for... The Last Airbender is a perfect TV show. Like, there's no reason to remake it. Yeah, but I don't not know what live action is going to add to it. It's more. It's just more. There, there's no more there's with different just... actors and not the same creators. It. I don't know. I, well, I hear what Justin's saying because, like, when they redid Cowboy Bebop, a lot of people were like, "How dare you!" Um, but you know, the live action was, it's more of the thing that you love. So, you know, it can be enjoyable if it's done well. Mm-hmm. More is always more now in all of our entertainment. So like, there's no way to avoid more. Wait, I do have one question before we wrap up here. This is actually not the question, but Nat Towson specifies. I was thinking that he, meaning Euro, would eat the Ninja Turtles, to be clear. Who do you think is the tastiest Ninja Turtle? Like, of the oh, four? Great. This is a horrible question. It's oh, a horrible question. because it's so tough. They all look so delicious all the time. Uh, so, yeah, who would you choose? Who's the tastiest Ninja Turtle? Pete, will you be able to say an answer, or do you want me to? Yeah, and by the way, you, uh, in case we haven't talked about it on the show, Jason Aaron is taking over the Ninja Turtles starting yes. in July. As we all know, he wrote an amazing series called The Goddamned, and he said that he was directly inspired by The Goddamned on his new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. So I expect the turtles are going to be eating people. People are going to be eating them. Should be yeah. There's going to be one turtle will get eaten, and I think it's up to us <laughs> to choose which one. And uh, Pete, do you have an answer? Because I, I refuse one. to answer this. Wow. Why? Because you can't. I, eat. I don't want to think about eating my heroes. Uh, so and Raphael it, is rude. You got to eat your heroes, right? Raphael's yeah, rude but crude. Yeah, he's too sour. Yeah, he's Bitter. crude. No thanks. I mean, wow. the best one, the obvious answer is Michelangelo, party dude, consumes the most pizza. So mm-hmm. he's going to be marbled with fat. Oh, he's been, That's going to be tasty turtle. Pepperoni. That's tasty turtle. <laughs> I agree. I Tonight, can't fight with I that. dine on turtle soup, to quote <laughs> Shredder, a great connoisseur <laughs> of food. All right. And that is it for your audience questions. We are going to move on with our next section, which is wait, trivia. Wait, Straight Bullet is going with Raph. And come on, you got to back my logic here, Straight Bullet. Shaded straight bullet says, I'm the only chef here, and I say Raph, large muscular structure and more delicious. I don't know about is he more muscular? No, he's yeah, he is. I don't think he is necessary. He's mean, he's mad. And I think and that influences variations there's a reason, of that, Raph, there's a reason the wild beef is is massage. That whole thing with mad You're cows. Are you with our chef? Mad cows. And Raphael is a, a mad chef. turtle. I know, but there's that. a reason a lifestyle of the animal influences its flavor. And uh, like the Wagyu beef, fine beef from Japan, massage, mm-hmm. or Wagyu is not from Japan, but it's in that same style, massaged, given a great life. So it tastes better. And Raphael's the mean one. Uh, oh, just uh, further feedback here. Straight Bullet says, braise the limbs, but the loins would be great. Oh. <laughs> Now, Pete, does that make you feel weird? Are you sad? Because you got and here's the thing: you got to remove the masks and the little, you know, ribbons they were on their arms and stuff. They're ribbons, right? You call those ribbons? The little blue and purple and orange I don't know ribbons. that you need to remove the mask unless you're eating the face. You know, I, I, I think it would be kind of fun to be like, and I leave this up to Straight Bullet, but just to throw it out there, this is just spitballing a little bit, but like you take apart the turtle, break him down to his base parts, except for the right. face, which you leave the mask on, and then you serve it inside of the shell. Like that, the I mean, that's a great preparation. Parts. I feel like I, we're really, we've become shredders. I think that's shredders' whole thing. He's literally a knife. He's a human <laughs> knife who wants to eat the turtles. Right, and that was always his goal, right? Was, I'm going to eat those turtles, right? Like yeah, Gargamel was going to eat the was. Smurfs and all of that stuff. All villains want to eat their their nemeses. <laughs> all the Doctor Doom's trying to eat Reed. It's a whole thing. <laughs> all the time. All the time. Little but I will say, fantastic. 
I'm sorry, so sorry, waiter. I have to return this um, turtle soup. The the grappling hook is still in it, and it's like, <laughs> that's late, late period, Michelangelo. I'd like, I'd prefer the grappling hook removed. Yeah. Now uh, this one does this one do, do, does machines? I'm just wondering. Ooh, I'd like to eat the one who leads. That feels like a strong choice. <laughs> <laughs> Our first course, the one who leads. <laughs> well, anyway, why don't we move on to the next course tasting, man? <laughs> <laughs> yum yum now i know pete is very mad but stray bullet who pete loves we all love but yeah pete don't get too bad that ruins the meat <laughs> yeah it ruins the pete meat what are you having for dinner i'm having pete meat real quick before we move on to the next section which of us would be tastiest oh that's a tough question I think we'd have to all be mixed up in some sort of meatloaf. (laughs) (laughs) Or as we call it at the restaurant, a peat loaf. Honestly, why why is this making you mad? There's no world. uh, I don't know how to say this. They don't exist. We cannot eat the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is not a thing that can happen. We won't eat Splinter because he carries disease. (laughs) We might eat Casey Jones, though, just to throw that out there. Yeah, exactly. Now that guy's got some good lean meat. And now it's time for trivia with Pete LePage. Pete, take it away. Uh, this is the part where we just like you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to free dollars in the form of a gift card to Midtown Comics. If you had 25 bucks, you go to the comic book shop. That's what you do. When you have yeah. money, you just take it right to them, and they take it for you. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so just say me or hi or howdy or whatever if you want to do trivia. In the meantime, Derek helpfully reminds us, don't forget April. Of course not. By the point that we had eaten all the turtles and Casey Jones, she wouldn't want to live anyway, you know? She'd be <laughs> like, her whole life out there. She yeah. loves those sewer-dwelling friends. Yellow suit and all. <laughs> Video camera. Yeah, I bet her, I bet, I bet her yellow suit is banana taffy. What do you guys think? I bet that's what it tastes like. <laughs> taffy. <laughs> She's just running around in banana Salt taffy. Saltwater taffy. Uh, well, we don't have any players. Um, Pete, well, I can. Play. What? Everyone's being polite. Yeah, why don't Everybody you guys play polite. and then. Uh, well, I'll know, tell you what, uh, tying back the to, to the uh... main theme of the evening, uh, we can give $25 to whoever gets nominated in the New Hampshire primary tonight. Just like really don't. Alex, get out of that idea space. Scheuchler says he will play. Oh, there we go. All right, great. All right, Kevin. All right, here we go. (laughs) Take it away, Pete. It's Kevin. Okay, great. All right, great. It's so Kevin. today's trivia is on fun comic quotes and a small nod to the legend, Joyce Randolph. R.I.P. Trixie Norton. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Who said, I know, Dad, but why isn't it ever unfair in my favor? Justin, do you know this one just off the top of your dome? I, not yet. I, w- I would look forward to hearing the options. Ah, uh, well. That's too bad. I guess you're not as hardcore of a fan as I thought. Was it A, Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, B, Damian Wayne, or C, Ernie Hudson? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, While we're waiting for the answer from Kevin, Stray Bullet says that the Turtles would be a luxury item. Uh, Ninja Turtle starts at $95 a pound. Um, unless Michaeler is correct it is a all right here we go question number two who said did i just get saved by lady gaga was it a deadpool hobbs b spider-man or c phyllis diller Hmm. phyllis diller uh while we're waiting for the answer there uh the specification is unless it goes to auction and then we're talking in the thousands I yeah. can see that. That's Did fair. they auction soup. Is that a thing? Like soup? Yes. Auctions? Um, I've been uh, lost a lot of money on soup op- auctions. 
I love a chowder. Yeah, I love a chowder. Or a bit. I, I would. All be, right. Yeah. B is correct. All right. Great. Question number right. three. Who said who commits suicide with a bow and arrow? Was it A, Deadpool, B, Spider-Man, or C, Robin Givens? Mm. Oh, they, okay. They, this makes a little more sense. He's, say, he's specifying you'd auction parts, parts not yeah. soup. That makes more sense. Because it's such a high uh, high value protein. Right. They, say, they, say, they say never meet your heroes, but I think Pete's uh, motto is never eat your heroes. I think we can say. <laughs> Uh, when they say never meet your heroes, do they mean never turn your heroes into meat? Is that what it yeah, actually means? I think that's what it don't it, meet. Oh, yeah, he said it was A. That is correct. All right. Awesome. Wow. Yes, it was Deadpool. Sounds like Deadpool and is Deadpool. Uh, but he doesn't go. know the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the 2000 movie, Everything's Jake. Great. <laughs> <laughs> A movie that is ungoogleable. It sounds like amazing. Um, all right. Well, why don't we talk about what? Well, congratulations, Kevin. You're going to get twenty five dollars in turtle soup. Shoot us an email, and we will get that off to you from sponsored by Gold Belly. Moving on, though, as we all know, <laughs> new comic books are coming out all the time. Pete, I know you're taking a big sip of your tea over there, but yeah, what uh, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking I'm forward to that's looking out forward in shops to this week? Green Arrow number eight, as well as Lotus Land number three. Look Ooh. at this guy going to Lotus Land. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to if Pete has concluded his uh, statement uh, for the evening. I'm looking forward to the Penguin number six by Tom King. Uh. This series is just coming at. Gotham City storytelling, a very well-trod area in so many interesting ways. This issue, which has already out, uh, is also great. Definitely worth a pickup. Really fun way to explore some great Penguin backstory. And I'd also shout out The Flash number five. I know The Flash is Alex's uh, speed force, so to speak. But, man, I've loved Cy Spurrier's take upsetting a lot of The Flash family status quos and really giving us some sort of uh, weird sci-fi addiction, maybe metaphor that mm-hmm. I've been really, really like. Hey, something I was wondering today is Simon Spurrier and Cy Spurrier, two different people. No, I don't. No. I was wondering about that. Not that they were different people. They are the same person, but no. there seems it's to be this thing close. when people work for different publishers, sometimes they're giving different names and it's weird. Priest does that sometimes too, because Christopher yeah. Priest and Priest are the same person, but depending on the publisher, he gets credited in different ways. So I don't know. There you go. Yeah. It may just be a consistency thing. Yeah. Or a contract thing, potentially. Yeah. Um a bunch of stuff that I was very curious to check out that is coming out this week. Um, I will give a shout out to, oh my gosh, I just lost what I was going to say. Um, oh, I was curious to check out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 147, just because we are ending that series with 150 and then getting into the Jason Aaron run. So curious to see what happens with that. Also for my DW, the Star Trek Defiant Annual 2024. Very yeah. curious to Check out that one, too. Ghost Machine, number one, from Image. This is a big thing for a bunch yeah. of big-name creators. I guess we'll have to see if it really pans out into a good issue or not. And last, and certainly not least, my most hyped issue of the week. And this is going to be a huge shocker to everybody, but Power Pack Into the Storm, number one from oh, Marvel. Boy. Bringing back the original team of Louise Simonson and Jude Brigman that created Power Pack to the title for a new story set in the continuity of the original Power Pack. That's that's my jam, yo. We're gonna get an alien horse. I can almost guarantee it. Aren't I we, only, Alex? I only like my uh, power pack when it's written by Alex Zalbin. Oh, that is very sweet. But Zalbin pack hashtag Zalbin pack hashtag Zalbin pack. Perfect note to Ed Dodd. And that is it for this week's show. Yes, what? Um, there is a message I put into private chat. Oh, but no, I don't know. No, that's it's... okay. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, a couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Andrew Cronkey for coming on to talk about Blood Trick. Check yeah. out issue one and two, yeah. as well as three coming out February 7th. Copycat from Heath Amodio. 
and Colin Bunn and other people on Zoop right yeah. now. Next Love week it. of the show, we're going to have a packed one. Olivia Quartero oh, Briggs is going to be here to talk about Odie Press's Jill and the Killers. Dave Baker I... is coming on to talk Barry Tyler Moorhawk. And Micah Sherman will be here to talk about Orange Flavor. Yeah. So, very fun show. Bunch of other podcasts to check out. Comic Book Club News coming at you every day of the week with comic book news. Also, Marvel Vision, our podcast, is back with some Marvel news. Sons of a Gun, back with some DC news. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support this show and all the shows we do. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice. At Comic Book Live on Twitter slash X. Comic Book Club Live on Instagram and TikTok. ComicBookClubLive.com. For this podcast and many more, until next time, good night. Thanks, everybody. Take care. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.